0: This is Pastor Nathan Kirk, and I am so glad that you have decided to make Greater Life a part of your day by tuning in to the message that you're about to hear. We here at Greater Life are a group of people that are passionate about living for Christ as well as service one to another. From our worship services, classes, and messages, we strive to love and serve with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I hope you enjoy the message you're about to hear, that it is a blessing to you and that in turn you may be a blessing to others. If you're searching for a church to call your home, I encourage you to join us here at Greater Life. Holiness. We're going to get through this. This is going to be okay. All right. First first word if you would be so kind is the word communication. Communication or comms, however you want to write it down. Everyone Everyone just kind of keep in your mind what we're talking about. We're talking about holiness. Holiness as it relates to our communication. Okay? This is one that we had put down um, at near the beginning of our study, which was the subject, and we haven't gone into this, we haven't dived into it yet, the subject of food. Food. What we eat. Food. Yep, if you would, please, yep. You hear, a, oh, we're doing a series on holiness. We're talking about food? Talking about food? <laughs> yeah, it's pie night, so... All right. Next one is clothing. Don't, ever, don't get nervous. It's okay. Nobody get nervous. All right. Next one is um, facial hair, which I already covered that last week. Sister Lord, did you just say you shave? Is that what? You, look, I heard it. So you said it. Next one is um, drums slash music. Drums, yes. I'll share. I'll share. I'll share a story about that here in a little bit. I'll share a story about that. I didn't put that up there. Somebody else said it, but I will share a story about that. Okay. Um, Next one is entertainment. Entertainment. Now, if as we're going through these. I don't want anyone to feel condemnation. Okay? Um, next one is money. Condemnation is a two-part word that means con, which means down, and damnation or damnation. And it, it's, a, it's a term that means to damn down, like to curse down. Condemnation doesn't come from God, it comes from maybe man. Can condemn one another. It comes from the enemy, and we can even do it to ourselves. So this, we're not putting these up there. Look, I didn't ask for these to get up there. You folks put a, said that said these are the ones. But we're just I'm just reflecting a few things. Okay, um, last three, uh, last four um, sports, alcohol. What was it? Tattoos. Sister, Sister Gina Parker asked about that one. she's next door. So let's just say we covered it, and and uh, and and makeup. I shall ask you. Shall ask you. Um, there's one more that that actually that I didn't have on here, but we'll add to the list: jewelry. Jewelry. Now, all right. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Kirk. Let's give him a hand of appreciation. You better mean it because nobody else volunteered, so that's good. Now, maybe tonight you're thinking, oh boy, I have some things on that list that I don't feel comfortable about right now. I want to remove that discomfort. That's not coming from me. okay? It's not coming from our church culture either. We need to really, really back this up a little bit. Church culture cannot force people into some kind of outward expression of our lifestyle that only comes from a relationship with God, okay? So there's we're not going there right now. This isn't where we're going. I want to take some of that pressure off of us here tonight, okay? Now, what I find is interesting is that we could probably keep adding to this list. Does anybody have anything else you think you could add to the list? Places you go? I got this one. Okay, uh, places you go. Let's see. I don't know. Like that. That's even a whole nother list, right? Oh, let's see. Um, bowling alleys. The gym. No, we don't go to the gym. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that one. We don't go to the gym. What you do is you buy a treadmill, so you hang your clothes on it. All right. Uh, what 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 else? What else do we have? Uh, the theater, theater, bar, um, restaurants. Let's see. I always res a u r a n t s. I think restaurants with alcohol. Right. Some people. Some people. Relationships, okay. No, we're not against relationships. We're not, look, we're not against any of these. We can't. We're not. No, we're not. We're not. We're not, we're not against. We're not against. Like, because if you start saying we're against, we're against, we're against, we're against, we're against, we're against, you're missing the key component. The key component is holiness. It's holiness. You, 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 talk about, you talk about a bar. Christians, in, now, young people or people that are not mature in faith or strong in faith, back up a little bit. You just, you just compartmentalize this. We'll talk about this. We'll, I can help, we can talk about this later. We would talk about a bar, and if there's a Christian that ever says, I'll never step foot into a bar, that's an, a very unfortunate statement to make because there could be somebody in there that's about ready to give up their life that God is calling you to get there. You don't just go there willy nilly. You don't just go there just, well, by chance, I might just, you know, find. No, 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 no. That's not, you don't just go there for that reason. But if, you, if we set ourselves up to say, if we set ourselves up to say, when there's someone that's in need and that they're hurting, and because of my holiness, I have to cross the street and I can't ever touch them, then we are exactly the model that Jesus talks about in the parable of the Good Samaritan. And we've missed the entire point of it. We've missed the entire point of holiness. Our own children can be in there exactly right um, i heard i heard the term facebook or social media are we doing okay is everyone okay it's getting it's getting it's getting nervous in here all right oh there's another one music music books television i think i'll put that under entertainment but TV, movies, like, like you can you can't have a TV, but you can't have a monitor. Is that how it works? Okay, all right, everyone, just uh, now. Now I'm not attacking traditions. I'm not attacking our expression of traditions. I'm not attacking our our notion, our knowledge of holiness. But here, here's what I am saying. Here's hear me tonight. Here's what I am saying is that this list continues to grow. And you realize what we're doing? We are recreating the Old Testament law because this list continues to grow. And there's an entire book in the epistles called the Book of Galatians that rails against this very notion that says, how can you think that you can begin something in the spirit and then complete it and finish it by works of the flesh? Works of the flesh are not our sinful works, but what was happening in in the churches in Galatia is that they had the the Holy Ghost, they had the revelation of who Jesus was, they they declared him as their Savior, but they were also um, Jews, and they said, said, well, they were Orthodox Jews, many of them, so the Orthodox Jews that were in authority and power said, we've got to meld these two systems together, and we still have to observe the rules of the law, but yet we're still trying to live in the liberty with which Christ has made us free. And Paul's like, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? That's some pretty firm language. We, we need to maintain our apostolic identity. I, I fully believe that. If you don't think that some kind of holiness and presentation of holiness is something that me and my family don't believe in, I would just say, try and observe our our family trying to serve my wife trying to serve our children we don't just live by the letter of the law because it's the letter of the law we don't live by that we live it because we believe that it's healthy okay we believe it we we live it because we think it's good for our kids it's good for their souls it's good for their hearts now what if well here we go and what if somebody believes something different are we going to are we ever going to argue or criticize somebody into believing your point? You'll never do that. You'll never do that. Case in point being, how easy is it for you to be argued out of what you believe? Like, does anybody ever go to a debate and ever say, oh, yeah, I, I wonder who I'm going to like go for in this debate? Or you ever, like, watch or listen to a presidential debate and you don't know who you're already going to vote for? Like, who are those people in the polls afterwards that say, oh, I haven't made up my mind yet. It's like, what are you talking about? You already know. You already know. We, are, we already know. So the issue is this. The issue is not so much the rules that we need to keep. The issue is, are this goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning of this, uh, when, when I picked up in the very beginning of this, this series. Are you bringing it to God with fear and trembling? Not haphazardly. Like sometimes we treat God like a magic eight ball, and we just shake Him up, and we, say, okay, and we do that. We not like was like you know excited about souls getting saved, you know. But like we shake God, and we say, okay, God, do you want me to go to this movie tonight? And we kind of like, kind of like, wait for the lightning to strike. Well, I didn't feel anything, so hey, kids, get in the car, let's go. Like no, like what? We can't treat God like like that. We can't treat God like, like there's some kind of exchange system, like, well, I've been good to you, so you better, you know, like, you kind of have to pay me back as well and, and give me some leniency here. God doesn't operate on an exchange system. He doesn't operate in the way that we think that he, that he should operate. What he is in challenging us and he's giving us the liberty to do is he's giving you the liberty to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The question is this. Is is that song that's on your phone or is that song that you've downloaded or the album that you have, is that worth your salvation? Is it worth it? That's the question I, I want to ask myself. Is that movie that you really, really want to see? Does it edify you? Does it help you? Does it help you grow? Does it help you, does it help achieve the mission that God has placed you here for? better and is it worth it? something else I, I would also maybe point out is also this this notion of what it is that we're feeding there's an entire entertainment industry that is expert at subliminal messaging I mean they're Here's the thing, though it's it's no longer subliminal anymore. Like it's just out there. Like it's advanced so much, and they're, they've advanced so much that they, it's just out there now. Um, I don't. What's his name? <laughs> if I ask some of you, and you recognize who this is, um, you, I'm not saying you're going to give yourself away. <laughs> like, but is is anyone heard? I, I'm, I'm probably going to say this wrong, but I think his name is Lil Nas. <laughs> Yeah, you know, does anybody know who I'm talking about? Anybody? We got a couple of people. Okay, a couple of people know who I'm talking about. If I'm if I'm getting this right, Lil Nas is a rapper, correct? Is that right? Rap artist. I'm getting there. Yeah, he's a rap artist who um, also also collaborated with country music artists and. He's an openly gay rap artist who says that his target audience is five-year-olds. Five-year-olds. That's his target audience. He made a music video. Now, I know, look, I know we got some kids in here, so earmuffs or whatever you got to do. But um, he made a music video where he portrayed himself as, I think he portrayed himself as Adam in the Garden was... Tempted to bite of the fruit of the tree, and then fell out of the garden and then descended into hell, where he now this is this is an idea of where we're at in our world today. Where he made out with Satan. Like, this isn't animated, like he was like kissing another man who represented Lucifer. Okay? This is the world we're at right now. Okay? Is this, like can we just be I want to just be real about this. Where he was kissing another man who was dressed up as Satan, and then he killed Satan and then took the mantle of the throne of darkness in hell. That was the video. Now, here you go, kids. Take this phone, and you don't even have to worry. Like, take it, I'll trust you. You can go look up whatever you want. No. Like, you can't, like, Hollywood, the entertainment industry is reaching for our children it's but it's not just our children adults it's reaching for you it's reaching for you so so is it is it the appropriate thing where I say where we say as a church we don't watch movies that are rated this rating is that is that is that the new rule that we need to have right you understand what I'm saying like Do we do we just do that? Like we have a rating. You can watch movies, but it has to have this rating or or better. All that we're doing is we are trying to standardize and create another law. So I'll just share with you what we do, and then you can decide. This you can this is just something practical that we do. But here's the thing: as a pastor, I want to try and challenge and encourage you. Work out your own salvation. With fear and trembling, I'm going to pick on this this new happily married couple over here. I think I hope you're still happily married. It hasn't been long enough for you to not be. I I, I won't look at you though, so it'll make it be less awkward. <laughs> but the 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 thing is, is that you as a couple now, and you're you're a family unit, and, and not that you would do this, so I'm not worried about this. But you don't have your your parents and your families standards of lifestyle to operate on now you you kind of like free reign you kind of like you can do what you want so you have to determine that yourselves okay and that's and now it's easy for us to say well sure they just got married of course they have to do this well what about us? what about us that it's what if you're single you still got to do it what if you, what, what if you've been married for 50 years still got to do it so here's what we do. We pray and anoint our doors in our homes, every door of every room, every window in the home. We pray and anoint every door and every window. Don't, don't do the mirrors. I don't know Don't do the mirrors. <laughs> That's already anointed anyway. When uh, No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. It's all right. Take a drink of water. You're going to be okay. <laughs> we anoint everyone, and, and I almost treat it like, now, it's not a direct correlation, but this is just a personal thing that we do, okay? This is how we do it. Almost treat it like, like the, uh, the blood that was placed over the, the door, the post of the door and, and over the, the, the lintel, saying, look, nothing harmful that would cause death is going to come in here. And we have to take it, so if there is a book or, or, a, or a video, sometimes people call it movies, You know, they used to have those on DVDs. It's weird. I don't know. Or VHS, you know. But if there is something that we want to enter into our home, I have to pass it through that door. I have to make sure that I'm okay with that going through that door. What we want, uh, when I first started pastoring, um, somebody, I, I was talking to somebody about some things, we were working on some things, and they said, they said, I just want you to yell at me. I'm like, what? They're like, I just want you to yell at me. That's Just, just yell at me. Tell me I'm doing everything wrong. Tell me what I need to do right. And just make it clear. And just yell at me, and I'll feel better about this. If you know me, as you know I don't do that. Like, I don't yell at people. Just, when I'm, just I yell at you when I'm preaching, and that's it. But, like, but I, don't, I don't yell. I don't get angry. I don't, don't um, get inflammatory or anything like that. Like, we just work, try and work through problems or work through issues. And so I said, well, well we're not going to do that. And what dawned on me is that sometimes we can become dependent on a list of rules because it's easier than working it out ourselves. But when you really want to be serious about how close, remember, holiness, God is drawing you closer to him. He just, that's the first time we see it in the scripture is when, when Moses is being drawn closer to God in that bush and he's saying, come closer to me, come closer to me. But before you get any closer, there's something you've got to deal with. God is constantly pulling us closer, pulling us closer, but that's why there's some things from us as we get closer to him that we have to deal with. And our flesh doesn't like it. The first thing I want to talk about in holiness tonight, and I know we're, our time is rolling, we, so we've got to work through this. I have to work through this. You don't have to do anything, I guess. You do the work later, I guess. First thing I want to work, work on tonight is not to tell you what type of music you should listen to. I'm not going to tell you that. I'll t- I tell you what I think. I think we should just listen to the things that are edifying and uplifting and that align with this message. I think that that's probably a good place to start. I think that if we're listening to things that talk about, um, that talk about um, relationships like sexual relationships, unhealthy relationships, to talk about drugs, to talk about things like that. I don't think that's probably a good idea to feed our souls with that. Really? How, about How about symphonic music? Symphonic music is one of those things that I would probably consider, in my personal opinion, to be a neutral thing where, where you could talk to God about it because I'm not going to come in your home and give you a list of radio stations you can't tune into. right? Just like I won't come in your home and give you a list of websites that you can't visit. Because that list will never end. Sure. Yeah, have discernment. Have, have your discernment up. And that's a very good book, Heart of the Artist, in case you didn't hear that. It's a very good book. Um, The reality is we can just keep adding to this list, and we can start setting up rules for every aspect of life. And then once we have the rules, we can can dial down to the specifics of those rules. The problem is, is that invariably what we're doing is we're recreating the law. We're recreating the law. Holiness is God welcoming us into relationship with him, a close relationship. But it's not only that, he's also instructing and commanding us to approach this in light of our relationships with one another. That's one of the challenges that we face, is now we have to, we have to work with one another. Well, what if I have a conviction and you don't have that conviction? What am I supposed to do about that? Everyone just kind of race to the bottom of the, the most extreme convictions or the top, however you want to look at that. There's a, there's a layer of trust that has to come into play, where we've got to trust one another that we are doing that. Now, I'm, I'm going to touch on that in just a moment. And here's, here's the first thing I want to do. If you want to grab your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 4, I'm more concerned with these verses than I am with going down a list. Although a list is an appropriate thing to look at, Uh, In some regards, there are some things that are clear-cut that we do have to talk about. So, while you're turning to Ephesians 4, I just want to say this, tune into this. Scripture does give us guides on many things. And if you haven't, quote-unquote, heard from God on these things, what you must also realize is that God is already speaking to you through his word. I want to say that again because sometimes we miss that. God is already speaking to you through his word. In in the liberty from the law and in the spirit that we so much enjoy, let's not forget and neglect the disciplines of the scripture. His word does talk about some things very specifically. His word does talk about and I can get into those. If we have time, I'll touch on them very briefly here tonight. But his word does talk about some things. So it's hard to say, well, I didn't hear from God on this when I didn't read his word. Because he's already speaking. And he's speaking through his word. But Ephesians 4, 31 says this. It says, uh, these are the issues of holiness I, I think I'm probably more concerned about right now. Let all bitterness wrath anger and clamor clamor means loud quarreling and evil speaking be put away with you with all put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving one another even as god in christ forgave you Do you know that if we're commanded to forgive one another, it means that there must be an offense that takes place? So hold on, time out. This doesn't mean that your ministry is to be an offender. It's Like, I want the word of God to come to light. So I'm going to try to offend people so they can forgive me. Like, no, 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 that's not. Yeah, God forbid. Exactly, that's what Romans talks about, God forbid. But what it does mean is that offenses will happen within the body. Offenses will happen you have to recognize that we have to recognize that offenses not we're not trying to do it willing, willfully but offenses will happen and scripture t- tells us and says forgive one another even as God in Christ forgave you the first thing i want to talk about tonight when it, as it as it concerns itself with holiness this is more important i think i think is more important than some of the things that we that we can think of and put on a list number 1 is attitude Attitudes. Attitudes. Can I just be a little bit of a pastor tonight? Okay. Silence is acceptance. (laughs) Cultivating a holy attitude is an important part of a Christian life. In fact, our attitudes, I believe, are the most important element of our holiness, Because if we have the proper attitude towards God and the proper attitude towards our brothers and sisters, we will manifest holiness in every area of our life. If we don't have the right attitude, no amount, hear this, if we don't have the right attitude, there's no amount of outward holiness that will compensate for the lack of inward holiness, attitude. Do you think, so this is a question that we uh, maybe we should just ask ourselves. I won't make eye contact because I don't want anyone to think I'm directing it at them. But do you think you have an attitude? Do you think you have an attitude? (laughs) Look to your spouse if you have one. Do you think they have an attitude? (laughs) Yeah. I've got an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old, and guess what they're starting to exhibit? Attitude. No. No, they're so sweet. If you can get your attitude right, you'll have no problem when the Holy Ghost tells you to change something. That's probably one of the harshest things. That's probably as hard as I'm going to be about some things. I'd rather, I'd rather be hard on attitude than any other issue. Because if attitude, it means our willingness and our acceptance to receive um, guidance or direction. And in in the way that we, our outlook towards um, the things that are presenting themselves to our world. So, we can have a really bad attitude when it comes to, (laughs) we can have specific bad attitudes. Well, Ephesians 4 just talks about that. That's what I just read in Ephesians 4. He says, bitterness is an attitude that we can have. Wrath or anger. Clamor, loud, loud just this loud quarreling, or what that means is that you're always contentious. You ever have that conversation with somebody where you present somebody something to them, and they say their first word is, well, no, you know, like they're always the ones that are contradicting you. When God begins, to, oh, it goes on, actually, evil speaking and malice. When God begins to work on you, in your heart, because that's what he's always doing. Because he's always drawing you nearer to him. When he's working on you, if our attitude is of bitterness or wrath or anger or clamoring or um, evil speaking your mouths, like if that's our attitude, and we don't want to receive it, we're pushing God away. That 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 will cut off whatever you try to do externally. If I'm trying to talk to somebody about an issue that they have in their life that I see that that I, as a pastor and it's not just me, but other leaders, so we can extend that on, but I'm just going to talk about me right now. I, as a pastor, as a watchman on the wall, who, watching, trying to watch over people's souls, if I'm trying to talk to somebody about something that's going on in their life that God is showing me or revealing me, it, if their attitude is such that says, I don't want to hear from you, I'm not going to receive that, you don't know what you're talking about, you know nothing about me, that word will never get to where it needs to be. That's how we we work with one another, but that's also how God works with us, too. If God's trying to work on something in your heart and and cultivate some things in your life, and if we're just resistant to him because we we don't want that change or we don't want to to work those things out of our lives, because let's be honest, there's a reason why these things get on the list. The reason why they make it on the list, if I can just boil it down to what I think it's all about, is because so often we turn to these things to satisfy something within us when we should be turning to God instead. Sports is on there. Now, look, I have not. there's nothing particularly wrong with sports, particularly. Did you just leave it alone? Yeah, Cubs jersey on. I'd want to leave it alone, too. Cubs and curses go together, hand in hand. So, anyway. Sports. Sports. No, I'm just... I just played, they broke it, right? Yeah, okay. But the point is, there's another word for sports. It's not just, it's not just entertainment. The other word for sports is recreation. Or if you look at recreation, what that really means is recreation. We're trying to recreate something in our lives to bring us some sort of joy, bring us some sort of fulfillment, some sort of satisfaction. Now, does that mean don't ever pay any attention to sports? That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying don't do that. Like, again, that's where the list, the list starts coming in. But if, our, if the Lord is talking to you about something, okay, you're going to hear it from him before you hear it from me. Did you know that? You're going to hear it from him before you hear it from me because the Holy Ghost is in you. And he's with you everywhere that you go. And, and, and the Holy Ghost is not just going to reside in you while we engage in something that's wrong for us and just say, well, I guess I'll just be quiet about this. The Holy Ghost is your helper to let you know what's right and what's wrong to guide you. Now, the Holy Ghost will also use leaders in your life to help you. Do, do we know that? Sometimes we miss that because well, we don't want to be led. Oh, never mind. <laughs> you want to? Tr- well, never mind. I'm not gonna say it. Oh, Billy Gibson. Yeah, to, exactly. To, to that point, when I said that these things start to fulfill something inside of us that we need, that's really what that means, is it becomes an idol. Lee, you uh, something to say? Go ahead. Hold on. One second. No one's perfect. It's okay.
1: I've been a, I've been a Cubs, like, junkie <laughs> since I was like 12 years old, man. I'm, I'm 50 years old, man. Don't feel sorry for me. But um but the thing, my, my wife pointed this out. She said one day, um, I'm like, baby, the Cubs lost over the phone. And she said, Oh no. I'm like, what? What's wrong with you? She said, she said, she said the Cubs lost. I'm like, yeah. She said, Lee, you don't understand how bad of a day I have with you. It's and I'm to say this, everything that, that it's like almost every, in my experience everything has a spirit, and to where, um, I mean I grew up in, in some pretty rough, air, you know what I'm saying, a pretty rough city, and I wasn't like everybody else, and, and I made myself, like everybody else, <coughs> in order to survive, and and before it was just a defense mechanism, until it took over. Of keep you away, and my face was unapproachable. Um, my whole body language, everything—it took over. So, yeah.
0: very good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You understand what we're talking about here. So, the broader, the bigger question that I would pose to us is this is in our times of sorrow or strife or stress or whatever it is, even happiness and glee, what do we turn to? What do we turn to? If I'm, and I've mentioned this before. Does anybody ever stress eat? Stress eat. That's the food. Everybody ever stress eat? Yes. Yes. And when you stress eat, you don't stress eat cucumbers and crunchy water. Which is, which is also known as celery. Like, you don't, you don't stress eat that. You get the Doritos and the Oreos and the ice cream, and, and you, you eat all the ice cream out of the bucket so you have somewhere to throw up because you're so sick. <laughs> like, like, I'm just saying it like it is. Right. Why do we do that? Because all the while God is saying, behold, I stand at the door and knock but I turn to food instead. Okay, food, well, you're like, well, I don't struggle with food. Does anybody ever struggle with social media? No, nope, nope. Everyone just looks down and finds the answer in their shoes right now. Like, yeah, we struggle with that. Why? Because when I'm stressed or when I'm bored or when I'm procrastinating and there's something I should be doing, and I, ha- and, and I and and I even if I could just talk to somebody even if you haven't had a good relationship with God, and He's trying to pull you in and saying, "Come on, what do we do?" I got to be busy about something, so I find busyness in social media, and the busyness that I find in social media is that look I, look I have a Facebook account, um, the church has a Facebook account, I think Instagram, um, so I, I think I don't I would, don't ask me any further questions than that, but like. But we fool ourselves and we trick ourselves and we say, "Well, I'm going to do this to see if there's somebody I can pray for." No, you're not. You're not doing finding somebody to pray for. What You're doing is you're trying to trying to move that move that clock down the road until your next commitment faces you, and now you don't have to really embrace what's really going on in here. I stand at the door and knock. Um, I, I'm going to talk about this, and, and this isn't me hating on anybody. Scripture does. This is a, this is a question that came up as makeup and tattoos. Um, I'll just say this. I mean, Scripture does will will address this to some extent. It addresses in an, in a unique juxtaposition of Jezebel, who was trying to save her own life, so she made herself up, and then Esther, who was trying to save the lives of the kingdom of God, and she kept herself plain. I think that that's just an interesting juxtaposition. Just throw that out there, food for thought. But the point of this, point of, that I'm saying is this: is what is the motive? What is the attitude towards it? Just recently, since the since the World War II and moving on, just recently, men and women have started working together in the workplace. You realize that? And it's it's like a it's like a big big social experiment: men and women working together in the workplace. You know, the men when, when men and women used to work together in the workplace. You know what they would have to wear? Uniforms. Because a uniformity of look put men distinguished from women. It was uniformity of look. There was at least that bit of understanding there. Now, over time, as men would, were off in World War II and women started taking more of the man's roles, and don't worry, I'm not chauvinistic, I'm not trying to say that, but that's just what took place in our country historically. <sighs> I feel like i got to qualify everything. So as men started taking on that role, men started to dress like women, act like women, and then obviously, or vice versa, women started to act like men, women started to dress like men, took on their role within our society. Okay, okay that's, where, that's just where we're at. What's that? I had it right the first time, because now that's what we're seeing now. So, but the, the point is, the point, that the point that I'm bringing out is this experiment of men and women together as really if, if you follow some of the social psychology which I do is one of the things that gets talked about is women wearing makeup in the workplace. and, and it's one of these touchy subjects but even our world is starting it is, is, has taken a look at this to say why is why is the woman wearing makeup in the workplace? Understanding this that there are we still understand that there are differences between men and women. do we still understand that? okay. We, the world doesn't teach it. I think it's so ironic that the world has signs. I, I see signs in the yards that say science is real, but there are seventy six genders. I don't understand how those things can coexist. I just don't get it. But there, there's long longstanding science that actually does let us know that men are visually triggered. They're, men are visual creatures. Okay, okay. Visual creatures. And so. The origins, if you if you look at the origins of makeup, and hear, hear me now. This is not I'm not trying to pound this home. I'm trying to expose something, give it to you, and then you take it to God. Do we really understand what I'm, what we're doing here? Like we just bring it out, give it to you, and then you take it to God. And let God work with you on this. Is this alright? Um it's it's okay. The origins of 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 makeup was to accentuate. It's it's for two purposes. It's to catch the man's eye, first of all, but it's also to accentuate the colors of flush in a woman that are present during arousal and intercourse. So you're telling me that 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 attorney wants to put on red lipstick because she wants to be a better attorney? Or those guys where, we'll, we'll just take this down, men, we got to be fair about this too, that the guys wear certain clothes in a certain way because it'll make them a better better doctor. We, we we conduct ourselves the way that we do because there's a yearning inside of us to be accepted. There's a yearning inside of us to be wanted and loved. That's that's deep from childhood. And we feed that, we feed that sometimes with our expression, but when holiness is our objective and we, want, we don't want to be like the world, but we want to be like Christ. We want to conform to him and we realize that he is the one that we need to have our acceptance from and that he is the one that we need to find our love and our identity in, not in the things of this world. When we realize that holiness and these issues become actually so much more easier to, to address and to deal with in our lives. But it starts, it all, so like, that's just, uh, we could keep, like, you want me to keep going down the list? We could keep going on going the list. Where of? Uh, let's see, what else do we got? Um, material items. Scripture actually speaks about material items. Did you know that? About finances and what we do with our finances? Scripture's pretty clear about that. You ever want to test where somebody's at in their attitude about finances? Talk about money. Talk about church. Put those two things together. Talk about giving and say, let's take up an offering. I think we need to take up an offering on a Wednesday night. Everyone, It's like, whoa, whoa, hold on. I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> Find out where you're at with something when, when God asks you to take it away. Find out how much of a control that has in your life. I've been praying about this. I want to prepare us for something already. We're not gonna do it right now, but I just wanna prepare us for something. Are we gonna say brace yourselves for impact? Soon this church is gonna go on a media fast. Oh. Oh. Just wait till I till like everyone's just like I gotta binge watch this and like <laughs> and don't do it during the playoffs, and like, <laughs> yeah, media, if you want your media, get it here, media fast, and and remember what the first thing was I talked about tonight, it was attitudes, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm being a little mean tonight, so, but like, what's our attitude like when we get confronted with something like that? Well, I, yeah, 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 that's a good, he's, Brother Eden asks, how long is this fast anyway? We, to the end. <laughs> we did this thing in Blaine, at, in the Blaine daughter work, we did this thing where we, we all did, joined together on a three-day fast, and we came together on a Thursday to break that fast. I tell you what, it was the most miserable service that we could. I mean, you just look, people just look tired, and they look like, "Yes, teach whatever you want. Let's just eat," because you could just smell it, and it was all right there. And I thought about doing something really funny. You know how David said, "I just thirst for some waters." You know, and so like, and so you remember when his when his um, um, men of valor brought him the water, and then he dumped it off on the ground. I just thought about saying, taking all that food and just throwing it all away, and just saying. That's about the same response that I got. <laughs> we, So, we'll start wrapping up here tonight. Um, these things are important. They're important. Important enough that you need to work on. It, they're so important that it's worth more than me telling you what to do. You ought to value it more than just a rule. You ought to value it as a personal conviction that God has given you. I'm going to read a couple of passages of Scripture tonight um, in our... Closing out of this lesson, and it has to do. Well, we talked about attitudes, yeah. We did talk about that. Oh, I, I, I probably sh- shouldn't mention this, but I'll just say this. Um, we live in a world. This I know. This is going to come across as self-serving. I understand that. But I I do feel like it's important to bring this out. We live in a world where nobody can be corrected. We live in a world where nobody can be corrected. It is terrible unless you're the one that's being corrected. talk about attitude, where are our attitudes at when we are being corrected? Attitudes have no problem when we're all getting along. Attitudes have, there's no issues with attitudes when we're all in agreement together. You understand the scripture says, submit yourselves one to another. Submission begins where agreement ends. There has to be disagreement for there to be submission. Has to be a disagreement. Something I don't agree with, but I'm going to go with that anyway, as long as it's not contrary to Bible truths. And that—that's actually a very important thing to note too. Um, so, not only our attitude that we have from God, but what is our attitude like when, when somebody is working to correct something in your life? If you think it's fine then maybe be prepared to let those waters be tested and see what it's really like. You can even disagree with somebody, but your attitude can still remain in check. Right? I can disagree. Brother Markworth and I, we can disagree all day long about certain things, probably not very many things, but we can disagree about a a number of many things. But he's my brother. I'm his brother. I love him like a brother, and he better love me like a brother. Because if any man says that he that he loves God but doesn't love his brother, so so we have to love each other. Okay. Well, what is, like I said, this may sound a little self serving. But what is our attitude when we're corrected? Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, like we we've kind of removed this verse out of our. You, you don't, hear, and, and again, for, for fear of being self-serving, I don't want to pound on this too hard, but it says this, Obey them that have rule over you. So that means there's somebody that has rule over you. And submit yourselves for them, not just one person, for them that have rule over you. For they watch for your souls. This isn't talking about some governmental entities. This is talking about your spiritual leadership. You understand that I have spiritual leadership. Just because just because I have some of my belongings in an office that has the title pastor on it doesn't mean that I don't have to have leadership. I have spiritual leadership. There are people that you, some of them you know, some of them you don't. You don't. Some of them that are here in these Twin Cities, some that are that are out state and out of state that can call me at any time and speak into my life, and correct me and and give me direction. We need that. We we each and every each and every one of us needs that. Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy, not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. This is a command that applies to every single believer, including leaders, and it teaches us the important principles of ...of our attitude when we're corrected. Understanding that God has ordained leadership. He has an organized system of church government. So we are to humble ourselves and be obedient. Leaders, leaders you have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to watch over souls. So if leaders see something... Think about this in a, in a secular context. If you're in a job and a leader or a supervisor... See something that you're doing that's dangerous, and they purposefully don't tell you about it, who's responsible? You both are. (laughs) There was a man, he was a client of mine, I won't go into too too much detail because I don't want to give any of his personal information away, but he was an over-the-road driver, and his company really didn't like him, and so they set him up. And he went from. They just said, "Hey, look, just take a take a load from one part of the cities to the other part of the cities," and, and we just need you to take a load over there. Well, he had got everything together and was driving off, and his truck wasn't set up correctly, you know, and he had neglected some safety measures. So then he gets to the other place, and they said, and they said, "Well, oh, look, safety measures. You missed all of this," and the people back at the the dock we had left from say, "Safety measures. He missed all of that." And they fired him because he missed safety issues. He sued the company for wrongful termination. And the and the the company attorney laid it all out there and said, This is all the stuff he did wrong. This is he was late and he was tardy, and then all of a sudden and he did this, he had this big safety issue where zero tolerance for safety issues. And and the the man stood up, represented himself, which it's like that takes some guts to do that. Represents himself and he says, Your Honor, let me just ask one question, my former employer. I'm getting there, bro. Don't. I'm getting there. <laughs> he said, let me just ask one question to my former employer before the sentence comes down. Um, did you know before I left the dock that I had failed to meet those safety issues? The employer said, yes. The judge said, you let him go on the road without, without meeting those safety standards? This is on you. He got a big lawsuit. Like he won a lot of money in law enforcement. Here's the point. The point is this: if that is somebody's coming with correction, I need to be able to, and not just myself, but leaders. Leadership needs to be able. We need to come to one another and come. We need to be able to come to you with, if there's correction that needs to be taken place, because not because I think I need that to stroke my ego or anything like that, but because I see something. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, I might see something that you don't see. Just maybe, I want you to consider something, and then then we'll put it in your hands, but trust you with it. And we need to be at a place as a people where we can receive that. It's a two-way street, but the way that it's delivered is also important, too. It's not delivered with a heavy hand. It's not delivered like get this right or you're going to hell. It's delivered out of love. Love undergirds all of this. And love says, I see something that concerns me. I need to make you aware of it, and I'm praying for you. The answer's already number one. God's already talked to you about it. And, and, and it needs to be received. Alright. I want to close with, with this, with a couple of scriptures tonight. And this is, I'm doing this a little bit of a disservice, but I do want to I do feel like we need to wrap this up because I do feel like we need to move things forward. In 1 um, Timothy nine, Scripture does... So there are some things that are, that are not negotiable issues, I would say, when it comes to conduct that we should have as Christians. There are some things that are very clear and I think that is very important. Back in Deuteronomy two five. It says this, the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither a man put on a woman's garment. Now, you could say, well, that's Old Testament. You're right, it is Old Testament. But look at the very next sentence that follows that. It says, for all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. That That is a moral commandment, not a ceremonial or ritual commandment. Deuteronomy. Fine. I'm not going to get into all those details tonight if this is something that God is, here, here I'll, I'll say this, and I'll, I'm going to read 1 Timothy 2.9, and then I'm going to conclude with uh, 1 Corinthians 11. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel With the, like the reason why this causes us such angst sometimes is because this is so counterculture. Certain Groups will remove this from Scripture altogether and say, well, we don't need to worry about that. I think it's important. I mean, it's in the Word of God, so it's, it's really important. Women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness, sobriety, not with broided hair, or with gold or pearls or costly array. And lastly, in 1 Corinthians 11, 1 through 16. I went, there are some groups that don't even, like, they just like, don't even teach us anymore. They don't talk about this. Paul's writing here and he says this. Imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions. So he talks about traditions and he says, keep them just as I delivered them to you. Not all traditions are bad. And what he's delivering to them is a scriptural tradition. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, the head of every woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonors his head. But every woman who prays and prophesies with her head uncovered, dishonors her head. For that is, that is one and the same as if her head were shaved. For if a woman is not covered, let her head also be shorn. For it is shameful for a woman to be shorn or shaved and let her be covered. For a man, indeed, ought not to cover his head or have long hair, since he is the image of the glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. For a man is not for a woman, but woman for man. Nor is man created for the woman, but woman for the man. For this reason, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. That's This New Testament this is an epistle, and Paul is saying, Is an outward expression that there's an appropriateness and a necessity for how women conduct themselves concerning their covering over their head, which is their hair. Nevertheless, neither is man independent of woman, nor woman independent of man in the Lord. For as woman came from man, even so man also came through woman. But all things are from God. Judge among yourselves, is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not even nature itself, which God created nature, so there's there's that thread, does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given to her for a covering. Verse 16 wraps it up beautifully and says, But if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such custom nor do the churches of God. Contention is not a custom that we that we get into. We don't argue about this and become contentious about this. And that's not our tradition, to put people on the pedestal or on the stand, as it were, and to be contentious about these issues. I bring these specific issues up today because these, when we talk about holiness, there is, when, I, when we talk about some of these things, some of these things are things like work it out yourself, but scripture also, just hear me as I'm wrapping this up, Scripture also gives us guides in how we conduct ourselves in certain ways that we dress and and carry ourselves. So here's one of the, I mentioned this last week, when it comes to these directives from Scripture, the thing about it is you don't have to have a conviction about that. It's important, it's not bad if you do, I think it's great if you do, but you don't have to have a conviction to be obedient. Just don't. It's awfully nice to have that. That helps a lot. Like, I I want, I, Lord, do convict me, do convict me, because I don't even want to get close to the edge. I don't want to be like Samson, who's 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 doing all kinds of things and finally lets his hair secret out. Like, I don't want to get closer and closer and closer to the edge. Lord, convict me so that I have those sensories up and I know that this this there's something that's not right here. Okay. So I, I bring this out today to say this. Number one, if there's if there's some of this that you you personally want to know, like what we maybe what we used to do, what we did growing up, and, and it was fine, it was all fine and good. We would go through kind of like line by line, thing by thing, staying, you know issue by issue on the board. We go through thing by thing to make sure we're all aligning ourselves with holiness. That was fine. We got to learn a whole lot, and 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 that was what it was at that time. But what I'm saying. In, in the culture that, that I'm want, wanting us to embrace, embrace is we need to be a holy church. We need to be holiness people. We must be holiness people. We we serve a holy God, and he says, be holy for I am holy. So he wouldn't give us a command if it wasn't something that we could attain to or we could strive to. Now, we have we, 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 we understand that He we attain it and we achieve it through him. We get that. We can't do it on our own. I understand what I'm saying is that there are some things that I'm entrusting to you saying work on these things, but there are also some things in Scripture that are so very clear that, we have, that I'm, I'm saying I want us to align ourselves with because it's obedience to Scripture. To that point, as you're working through what holiness means and how it's expressed in your life and how you grow closer in your relationship with God, my challenge and my encouragement to you is don't go through this on your own. Find a leader. Find somebody that's maybe farther along in their journey than maybe where you are. Find some peers to go through it as well. But but find somebody that you can put yourself next to, and, and make yourself accountable to, and say, "Can you help me with this? Can you can you work with me on this?" I'm i been praying about this. You know, the Lord's been dealing with me about about I was going to say sports, uh, uh, professional. Um, lacrosse, <laughs> that's a thing, <laughs> curling, yeah, the Lord's been dealing with me about curling, like I've been really obsessed with that lately, <laughs> said nobody, but but in earnest, don't just try to wade through this on your own, and don't try to like just say, well, I, I can probably justify a few things, and get into Find out with this book, those scriptures that I just read, I know I flew through them really quickly and it was for time's sake, but those have deep meaning to them. They have deep meaning to them. And I would encourage you, study them out to show yourself approved. Study, study, study. Consume, Lord, how can I be more like you? What directives, What 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 instructions are you giving me? on how I can conduct myself. Lord, what is it that you want me to be like? How do you want me to to, to look and conduct myself in relation to this world? Because because his word does bring us to that, talk, talk about that. So I bring this out tonight to say this. I, I don't want to go line by line and issue by issue, but we do have doctrine that gives us support within his word. That's very valid and very important. So it's time to maybe refresh ourselves in that. If you're in a place where you are struggling with certain things, and I know when we think about struggling, we think about skirts and hair, and we think about all these sorts of things. Okay, fine, that's part of it, sure, but if you're struggling with the list that you're trying to keep, and you're struggling with trying to keep up with the rules, that's maybe the better place to start. That's the better place to start. Start at the heart of it all. Don't do it on your own. You have myself, my wife, you have leadership that's here, that's saying, come on, let's, let's you know what, let's work on this together, because truly iron does sharpen iron, and we can sharpen each other, I promise, we're not trying to dull anybody's blade, we're not trying to come down like a hammer, we're trying to come down, sharpen each other, so that we can be holy together, yeah. let's stand together here tonight, hey, um, oh. oh, Lee, go ahead, uh, I'll just drop